namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa uttam dhammang sanghang namasami So today I just introduce the um, topic of Upadana. Mm. It's translated as grasping, clinging, attaching, attachment. Mm. The word is quite uh, figurative. You get since grasp, cling, you know, you can almost visually sense of something, hand closing, tight. Mm. I think this is why the Buddha used these uh, these words. Most of them are quite direct, like tanha, craving. It's, it's not abstract. Sense of like a mouth, thirst. I mean, the word, word, word literally means thirst, tanha. So like, got to take in, it's not a rational decision. It's a compulsive urge. Upadana, also a clutch or a cling, is uh, you know, something quite instinctive, reflexive. Mm. You know, the English word attachment is, doesn't do it justice, really. But some like, and you get a sense of it's like a mechanism. You know, trigger something, and this reflex occurs to hold on. Why do you think that's about? Well, what, what is it? That, what's, well, security, gonna fall over, grab hold of something, or food, mm. some kind of, you know, food, something to take in, doesn't it? That's, why, that's, what that, that's what that mechanism's about when you look at it very uh, fundamentally as a mechanism. Mm. Mm. A reflex. So we might say security or stability, feeling insecure, feel unstable, therefore hold on, feeling hungry, feeling thirsty, give me something to eat, to drink. Mm. And that fits in with Upadana generated through thirst. It's thirst for sense objects, thirst for becoming. In other words, to be something, to be stabilized by having a role, a position, identity, a fixed position, a dogma, an attitude. Now I know where I am. Mm. Disorientation, don't like that at all. Feel woozy, feel don't feel complete, feel something starts getting nervy. Mm. And certainly when we come on retreat, we come into disorientation. <coughs> so the Upadana starts shoot firing. You know, whatever can be upadhaned, you know, (laughs) (laughs) one zafu, (laughs) the height of it, what's in it, (laughs) the buckwheat, the whatever, 
one's place in the hall, one's food, one's diet, one's routines, one's you know, and so forth. And then of course other people, are they, do they like me, do they not like me? I don't know, can't talk to them. So, and then, then what happens is the potentials, what are called the anutsaya, the potencies in the atmosphere, one's potencies start arising, which is the fear potency, threat. Mm. The uh, uh, greed potency, something to have. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it floats in the atmosphere till something turns up that it can connect onto. You know, it's just drifting around and some hapless being walks into the hall, right, feel angry about him, <laughs> feel threatened by her, you know. <laughs> so it seizes, ding. <laughs> and then it, oh, now I've got something to, you know. So it's an potentials that are there in consciousness. As you open up space, you come into the contents of consciousness and all these potencies for being something, for becoming something, for aversion, for greed, start like drifting around like mist, waiting, looking for some object to, to condense on. And it doesn't take long. Something to get fixated about, person, the being, situation, food, routines, chanting, teachers, so forth. So that's the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, um, and you feel that, but just contemplate the, the clutch experience and the intensification of experience. That's another way of looking at it. It's like a fire. The um, Upadana is also re- refers to the way that fire in the Vedic system seems to land and, and ignite on something. It, 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 upadanas are to wood, for example. It's a potency in the atmosphere, the potential for fire, and then it upadanas on some wood and it manifests as this great... And we certainly we can experience that. Things are drifting around and something lights up. It's got a glow and a heat to it. It intensifies. So these kind of experiences are, are manifestations of upadana. Pleasant experiences, unpleasant experiences. Funny thing is, it it doesn't you know it's beyond pleasure. So we don't just cling to that which is ple- pleasant. We also clinging occurs around things that are disagreeable mm. because of this bawa mm. taking a stand mm. and these potencies, anuttaya tendencies for doubt for restlessness, for hindrance, for becoming. Mm. <coughs> so this in a way this is the main one of the main themes um, practice. And it's quite easy to get the idea one sh- one shouldn't have attachment, one should not be attached, one should let go of attachments. Uh, and that's quite pretty straightforward notion to get from any anyone who teaches or read a book. Uh, of course it doesn't quite work like that. Yeah. Mm. Because this is a reflex. It's an instinct, it's a reflex. So we you know, why are we practicing and meditating and entering into deep 
deep reflex areas is you can get to those where the reflexes occur and hold with mindfulness, which is another form of holding, but mindfulness instead of being a, a reflexed grasp is, well, if it's correctly presented, is generated through deep attention, through faith, through, through various aspects of wisdom. There's a sense of a careful holding rather than a compulsive gripping. Uh, and so until there is that careful holding of, of mindfulness, bearing something in mind, holding it steadily and to what's appropriate, then yeah, that does give a sense of grounding, stability. Mm. And that then replaces the kind of neurotic stabilization of, of compulsive clinging. So when you have true stability, you don't need rocky, you know, stability that comes through this feverish tanha experience, because it doesn't even work. You know, we cling, we cling to fantasies, really. We cling to notions, we cling to could-be's. We cling to suppositions. Um, And they, they they have a conflagration effect. But when you have sati, you just sustain something, even if it's not particularly wonderful or interesting or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, getting stable with that, bearing it in mind, being present in the presence of experience. <coughs> so then, sati replaces upadana. <coughs> as, a, as a path factor. <coughs> yeah. And then upadana becomes increasingly irrelevant and you don't have to catch fire. That intensification. Again, you know, this is say a little bit of understanding the process because it's important to recognise it's not that you cling. Uh, there is attachment through attachment is generated the experience of a person. <laughs> so this is both a dynamic, you could say, you know, ongoing dynamic, but it's also a, a, a structure. The dynamic of upadana generates a structure. That's nama rupa, vijnana, I am this. So the clinging kind of something just leaps up, grabs, and then with it comes the the sense of I am this. Uh, yeah. Or so it's subject and object both. There's something clingable, clingable to. And I experience myself in this rather intensified way. Uh, so when it becomes very, you know, when it's strong, you can see it more clearly. Passion. When it's passionate, you can really sense that thing is fantastic. Really great. If I only had that wonderful, beautiful, the fire, and then I feel really fired up, really intense with it. So strong passion makes it clearer what's happening. The energy rushes, the object lights up the subject appears with that pretty fast, of course. Mm. And then maybe then the person, you know, from that position, that subject disappeared, starts either how they can get the thing they're clinging to or feeling how they can stop clinging or feeling regret about clinging 
or legitimizing <laughs> yeah. and, you know it, but none of it works really because you, know? you don't get even you know you don't really get the sense of relief and release through any of those you can justify it yeah of course it's desirable it's my right so forth but you know where are you then mm. And essentially the result is the same kind of quasi-identity continues. This is an addiction whereby one just gets, keeps being born again and again and again into a pattern that's rehearsing clinging, finding different forms of clinging. So there we get the idea uh, and we may see the problem is particular objects, clingable objects, which is, that's part of it, you know, and part of the wisdom is just to recognize that which one sees as an object of tanha is actually not on fire. You know, something makes it on fire, which is our own passion. Something makes it hideous, that's our own aversion. Something makes it terrible, frightening, because that's our, that's the fear element coming up. So, it illuminates through the leakage of energy onto particular objects. That's asava. And Utsai is the potency. Asava is the outflow of it. Something is a potency to generate fear. The fear element, rush, the chitta rushes out and paints that. Mm. Something has the, yeah, yeah, get it? So it becomes luminous and intensified and one gets obsessed with it it hypnotizes everything you start to see everything in terms of that mm. locked down potent potentials get locked down into that now with um, you know approaches of practice both in terms of panya wisdom and jitta uh, panya wisdom and jitta energy or general substance of mind you could say energetic substance so you can sense you know both you might review it with wisdom but wisdom no good unless it if it just stays up in the forehead it's got to saturate uh, the entire reflexive system so my sense is an en- the substance of mind the energy of mind has to be handled properly carefully so that you know, appropriate mindfulness of what's really important, selecting the right object, the right theme. So when we work on the jitta aspect of it, the subjective aspect of it, the one who is clinging or is clung to or is formed out of clinging, associated with that. Uh, Clinging to being effective, being an agent who gets things done, that's a very common uh, form, particularly encouraged in working life, 
effective person. So there's a certain sense of that becomes a very potent topic, you know, very charged. If you can't get it done, phew, what kind of person are you? Phew, you know. So the agent becomes this very strong reflex. Mm. So, mm. And so we notice as we come into areas where things are not clear or stable or things aren't complete or fulfilled or whatever, that do it, do it, do it, make something happen is a very strong potential. It's called the um, anutsaya for, for um, being, for identification. Potency for that. Um, the doer comes up. Now it's not. There's no such thing as doing or, or correct action or correct energy. But when the person, you just contemplate when the person is getting formed out of that, energetically notice what occurs. So if it's just localizing up into your head and tightening up, what happens? Does it give you the right result in terms of Dhamma practice? Mm. Is it towards peacefulness, coolness, putting out fire, release, or is it the other way? And the doer cannot be other than the doer. That's their job, to be a doer. So when the doer tries to do undoing their doing, <laughs> they get pretty frustrated. How do I let go of clinging? How do I do letting go? She does it really well. How come I can't do it? Says it in the book. Uh, I'm someone who cannot do. Oh no. Well, I know what the story is with that. Work harder. Try harder must have misread the instructions. It says here, let go. It says here, let go. Okay, right, let go, let go. Let go, I can't seem to do it. Because the doer is the doer. The doer is not a letting goer. The doer is a doer. It only does doing. That's his job. So you've got to get out of the doer. And what's that? So here's a sense of, where is the doer? So this is perhaps a tactic we never considered. We considered how to do or what to do, or how fast to do it, or which way to do it, or how well you do it in terms of other people doing it. But you never ask, where is the doer? Right now, energetically. This is kind of knotted up feeling in my forehead, or oh, it's this tension in my belly. That's where she is. Oh. Uh-huh. And so widening whole body, shoulders, fingers, legs, throat, chest, yes, widening. Intensity lessens as you widen. And oh, the top, as you widen and soften, the, the doer begins to dissolve or soften. 
And then the object of what we do, want to do, also softens, changes. Oh, what I really need to do is relax. Oh, yeah. Oh, because there are. Oh. And how do you do that? Well, you go into your body, down your legs, your soles, your feet, your hands, feel those energies of gripping, see if you can just get the fingers to unfold a little, the eyebrow to loosen, the sides of the mouth to relax, the around the eyes, widening. And takes 10 times as long, at least, probably, most people to undo as it does to do. Doing is like that. Undoing is a little bit of feeling not so good. Feeling perhaps inept. Not quite knowing how keep going. And perhaps emotional tones start to occur. Sadness, mm, tiredness. Because mm. the body produces emotions. And often we come out of a very intensely held pattern into a looser pattern and emotions can also occur because the body produces emotions. Some of these emotions are associated with relief. Some of them may be associated with strange grief, sadness, um, some of the emotion by giggling, you know, like a <laughs> it releases in different ways. Okay, here we are. Um, you know, there's a shiver, there's a shimmer. Hey, you know, that's the right thing. These inexplicable emotional shifts. Well, that, that means it's good because you didn't do it. They're just reflexes of the system shaking itself out of its contracted state. Energies can shift around, and oh, what's going on? I don't know. Bear it in mind, just stay mindful of that body, the energy body, because it's doing its thing. So this is how, for example, one just uses a process of inquiry with an attitude of openness and goodwill, and focusing on a specific piece of the subject. Now you can do objects, but you know just to make this particular bit the nature of the subject. Because I've talked about this a few times, so you may be focusing on it. You know the various subjects, and in fact, there is not just one; there are many of them, and they come in cascades. Yeah, mm. the feeling trapped. That one, feeling trapped. One, that's her job to feel trapped. She does it really well. Yeah, you can't. The trapped one cannot find a way out of the trap because the trapped one is busy being the trapped one. If you liken all to actors on a stage, you know, this one is the trapped one. She does trapped. She speaks trapped, walks trapped, thinks trapped. So she can't do anything but. So there she is, just bear her in mind with a sense of, okay, may you be well, fine, that's your job. Um, <laughs> and a, with that, and where are you? Where are you? Or how do I get rid of you? Where are you? It's this sense in the chest. Oh. Mm. 
Do you get any of these things happen? Get any of these? The doer, the failure, the impotent, you know. So this is the level of these energetic forms that occur. So any one of them you can, well, possibly, it's possible to just catch one perhaps that's, the, that's either very clear, very, you know, you've really seen this one so many times that you've been able to get a focus on it. <coughs> Where the possibility of just stemming the flood, of the cascading flood of proliferation, I am this, so you generate another person to deal with that. And then another, and another, another, identifying, making a story, creating a history, writing an essay on this being. It feels like this. And where is it? Where is it? And how, how, what is the correct relationship to this being? Could it relationship of something more non-aversive, more sympathetic, Occasionally, you know, also there's these happy experiences, uh, pleasant experiences. You get a kind of feeling of feeling jubilant, feeling exuberant, feeling, oh, that, that energy running through. Okay, this is the happy being. Is that a problem? You feel guilty about it, feel you're not, you're not dealing with your problems or... <laughs> And so the response here is more like mudita. Oh, may she be well. She's feeling this way. Okay. And so that instead of then just uh, reacting to that and proliferating on it or feeling one is so wonderful or it, why isn't everybody else cheerful like I am? You know, this is the happy being. Just hold it with gladness, appreciation, gratitude. This one has come into my life. May she be well. But, you know, making an I am out of it. But you're not trying to dismiss it. That's, that's the point of sati. If you're the guilty being, don't try and dismiss it, feed it. Don't try and feed it, just be present with that. The frustrated being, you know, the happy being, mm, and the despondent being, being who's sick, doesn't feel so good this morning, Okay, yeah, there she is, there he is. Okay, how is that? Where is that? What's the response to that? So we're kind of handling the subject as she or he appears.
And with the release of that, any release of that, one is able also to use the wisdom faculty. What was the trigger for that? Since there are potentials for pleasure and pain, blame, accusation, uh, winning and losing, being praised, being adored, being despised, since those are all potential in the human environment, you know. <laughs> so, uh-huh. that's where we are, the world. Now, but the point is that even within that potent potential, one, one's own potencies don't have to be catalyzed. Mm. So as it said, you know, amongst those who hate us, we live happily. So I'm in the Dhammapada. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, it's kind of so so briefly said, you think, gee, what's that? You know? Mm. Uh, when the Buddha taught, this is structural. So when the, the Buddha, you know, as I was saying, this dynamic, particular things, we can see events that occur. We can also, that's the dynamic of Tanna Upadana Bhava, independent origination. It's also structural. Nama Rupa Vijnana is, is, um, clung to and when it, and in this it's also the Buddha then used the term the five kanda to map that particular structure. So it's, it's either defined as Nama Rupa Vijnana or the five kanda, it's the same thing. So the five kanda, you know, it's vijnana, rupa and then perception and feeling and sankara. That's the five Aggregates and uh, the dependent origination of vijnana, rupa, and then nama, which is comprised of feeling, perception, and three aspects of sankara contact, intention, and attention. Mm. So it's the same thing, but the nama rupa thing breaks the sankara down into three particular um, factors. You know, one is the factor of of um, attention, something draws a focus. The upadana focus is tight, compulsive, uh, happens so quickly, we, you know, that we really think that object is there, when it is, but it's there in a, in a vast field of other objects, so that one lights up, you know. You see the, you know, something somebody else has that you like, and you suddenly see that, and zing, becomes luminous, or something you don't like becomes luminous. So that's attention and contact. That sankara is the, is the immediate triggering of perception. So these, and then, then intention moves in on it. Now, the why I talked about contact quite a bit is because it is right there where one of the most helpful um, points of, of uh, wise contemplation lies because it's in contact is the is the generation of a perception and um, when there's a perception there has to be a feeling 
two cannot be separated. So when there's a perception, we see we see something and we experience it's agreeable. Yeah. We hear something, we find it disagreeable. Um, we taste something, so forth. We think something and it feels unpleasant or pleasant. So perception and feeling are conjoined. Now what is not conjoined is sankara. So in other words, there can be the experience of agreeable perception and instead of the clenching of it or the jumping into it, there can be intention to just, uh uh-huh. That is possible. Definitely it's a possibility there. Instead of going into those compulsive avenues which generate the self, the person, there can be pausing, that moment of disagreeable perception, uh, and uh-huh. so pausing, widening, widening attention, so you just get off the intense hot point of the topic, widen, using your body to widen, and then change, the, then, that, the, then the intention could be changed. Because you see something disagreeable, that you only see the disagreeable side of it. It's very difficult to generate anything other than an intention based on getting rid of the disagreeable. Even if you slap metro on it all day long, you still want to get rid of it. Because <laughs> you still see the thing as disagreeable. What do you think is going to happen? So, or is it, or is it agreeable? And so whatever you do, it's really going to be the same thing. But the sense of the attention shifting to, you know, then it, there's a softening of the intensity of that. And then there's a little room for intention to change into, may I slow down? May I find out where I am in this? Why this is bothering me? You know, how the bothering me effect occurs? You know, and then the atten- intention changes by itself. This person does seem to be an irresponsible idiot. You know, she didn't do this and she did do that. That seems, you know, when you add it up, it says this and she didn't do it. She's an irresponsible idiot. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, irresponsible idiot. Let's not quarrel with that for the moment, but that's a perception, that's an in- perception interpretation, an associative memory, uh, an impression, which gives us an immediate picture of something. And then we just, okay, then how, do I f- how does that feeling feel? It's kind of intense sense here, and then I just sort of soften that and breathe out a little bit, and just give it a bit of time. Pausing. So, She's an irresponsible idiot. So, what's it? Why? What will I have to get? What does it have to get into me? And when it doesn't get into me, there's a coolness. That's the perception. Is the is the factor that drives it into you. You feel got by it gets under your skin. Is it possible to see the disagreeable, disappointing, 
inappropriate. And just, there it is. Mm. Mm. And interestingly enough, when that changes, we don't have to add all the statistics and the details, and uh, you don't have to feel so you've got to do something about it, or condemn it, or take a stand on it. It, or it doesn't get into you in that way. And you stay open, and then somebody tells you, oh, you know she has a hearing disorder? She didn't hear the instructions? Oh really? God, thank good I didn't, you know. <laughs> Suddenly that judgment, my goodness, thank good, glad I didn't act on that, you know. <laughs> Or, you know, things like this. You suddenly see a bigger picture. Or, you know, or she's suffering from deep bereavement. She's really not all here yet. Oh, yeah. That's a po- suddenly the ch- picture changes. Those irresponsible idiots become people with afflictions. Oh, oh, different. Be, don't be a judge of people. But if, since you, if you are, or if then that happens, just pause. What's happening here? Why does it, what's it mean to you? You can begin to work on that. Dispassion. Oh, it's possible just that openness to different kind of response can occur. And we might find different pieces of information in the field that reinform our perceptions of people and things and events. Hmm. So perception, and particularly, you know, the re- perception is a normal factor of, ex- of experience. You see, look out the window, you see this white stuff, you know, snow. Reasonably, reasonable, it could possibly be styrofoam, but unlikely, you know. So snow, okay, that's a reasonable perception. But if you walk and say, it's snowing on me. The snow's doing it to ruin my day. Say, well, it is snowing on me. But it's snowing on everybody. (laughs) 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 Just me. (laughs) So the me bit, you know. We are, you know, there is a version to me. Well, there's a version to everybody (laughs) at some point or another. (laughs) There never was and never will be somebody who wasn't blamed. (laughs) It snows. (laughs) It's the understanding. So it may be a correct perception, and yet the incorrect piece is the me bit, right? Because that's the one we take for granted. Who, who's that? That's the point. That's the one you could do something about. Uh, doing something about living in a world of, of ill will and deceit and so forth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, mate, do your best with that. Associate uh, <laughs> with wise people and so on. Limit it, definitely find a sanctuary where that can be limited. Still the potentials are there. 
because all this stuff is generated by unenlightened beings. And if you live with unenlightened beings, as we all do, then this is pretty much elements of it will drift in. And, you know, certainly living in sanghas of people who definitely aspire for awakening and make efforts towards it, and definitely one sees, yeah, ill will, fear, hostility, opinionators is still there, yeah. And, mm mm-hmm. It snows. (laughs) So uh, the thing that could be done about it is that the me bit could disappear from the picture. Then you've got a coat on. This isn't just a dismissive sense of, well, tough luck. You know, you don't like it, that's your problem. That's that's also, (laughs) what's that one feel like? You know, uh, insensitive, stubborn, uh, una- you know, non-responsive, not in a mutual, exp- not, not in mutuality. What is the sense of the disagreeable feeling? What's it doing? Where is it? What's it doing to your sankara, to your embodied state? That could be changed. When one reflects on the accumulated residues of our lives, the hurts, the griefs, the betrayals, the disappointments, and the loved ones who have passed away, and uh, you know the people we feel fond of, who we feel we can't help, my so-and-so, she's dying, my dog is sick, and so forth. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that one can get very activated about. Um, and yeah, what's it like? And so we start to just feel the me who is carrying all this. And can we come to a healthy energy which doesn't, isn't in denial of the, the dukkha of existence, that doesn't find themselves under the, under the arrow of it, twisting under the dart of it all. Feel the feeling, open the body, where's that? Mm, Opening, gently spreading awareness through, breathing in, breathing out, it's like this, like this, widen, soften, touch the ground, feel the space, let it move through. Recognizing any of these things, long-term things take, you know, 10 times as long to discharge as they do to charge up, and they will come back again. They come back again, a little bit, and you get to know them. And they come back again, not quite so intense this time. Takes a little longer, they come back again. You're ready for it. You know what's gonna happen. You get a sense of that. You're preparing yourself. There she is again. You walk with her. You talk to her. You sit her down. The frustrated one. You have compassion for her. You say, you can sit here all the time, all the time in the world to be with you. That's fine. Be as miserable as you like. You know, how are, where are you? Oh. She dissolves. She 
he comes back again. Uh, it's like that. Every time, perhaps a little less intensely, and you're a little more, your chitta faculties, she's actually helping you. After a while you realize that afflicted one is helping you. She's here to help you get strong. <laughs> she's like a sparring partner, like a coach, giving you little tests every now and then, giving you a knock. How could you in the eye, see if you're asleep? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's here to help you and, you, and eventually you wake up <laughs> progressively, you know. And then, and so she's done her work. Sends one of her sisters in to give you another, num- do another number on you somewhere else. <laughs> That's process, isn't it? So we just kind of, you know, cleaning jitta of this this sang, this compulsive sankara. This is the bit that can come apart between the perception and the activation. So it first of all starts on the level of behavior. I do feel this. I do feel unjustly treated. I do feel not respected. Pause. Where's that? How is that? Just plant something else there. Avoid your attention. Come back and down to your whole body. Okay. Look at the topic. Revisit the topic again if necessary. And maybe there's something you can can be addressed from a place of of clarity. Uh, by which time it doesn't matter to you. It's not a personal issue anymore. You don't feel under the dart of it. Mm. So office for your reflection today.